media at SAFM with Ashraf Garda. Exploring every media platform and industry. Only on 104 to 107. So it's Sunday morning, two hours, marketing, branding, advertising, PR, brand communication, journalism issues, all of that, anything that moves, anything that communicates is what we cover for the next two hours. And you, uh, listening is great, and, and I welcome that, of course, but, but do a couple more things. Will You can engage me by, by calling in 089 You can tweet, and if you're tweeting, it's hashtag media show. But then tweet to myself, Ashraf Garda, and tweet to the SFM Radio handle as well. And as always, SMSs are welcome, 34701. Just by the way, which individual would get your award for, for this week's brand, uh, brand win of the week? An individual South African. I can tell you now my thoughts. Trevor Noah, cover of Time magazine, and, and that is something else. Just check it out on my timeline. You will pick it up at... Can you beat that in terms of a brand win for, for the last seven days? So give me your thoughts on a brand win as well. You may actually differ with that and, uh, and choose um, somebody else. Okay, lots to talk about over the next um, two hours. And at some stages, some of the interviews we'll have, we'll also put them on Facebook Live as well. If you go to my um, Facebook Live pa- well, Facebook page, you'll find it on my personal page. But not quite now, later on. Daniel Manslow is our thought leader for the day. And how we do it with the thought leader, we get someone who's authoritative in the industry and uh, get him or her to talk about an issue that they feel strongly about in the hope that we can all learn lots. Besides him, there's many, there's many other things to talk about, including that SABC new rate card. We chatted about uh, that to Joanna McDowell about, um, well, basically transparency a few weeks ago. So here's a sequel to all of that. That comes up later. But Daniel Manslow is an independent communication consultant. Good chatting to you once again, Daniel. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's always good to be on the show. Thank you, much. It's, it's a big responsibility you have to talk about communication strategies for brands. So how, does, how do brands, you know, have or establish communication, communication strategies that would grow that brand? I think a good place to start is to talk about the word integration. I think we end up with a situation where we've got to remember that communication strategies alone are not what develop a brand mm. or do not deliver on a brand's experience. So we end up with, with an important point to remember that we need to, first of all, remember the new buzzword around human to human. We're not talking about business to business communication or business to consumer mm. communication, but it's about engaging with humans. In order to achieve that, we need to break down silos within businesses. So we can talk about all the great um, principles of communication strategy, having the right goals, having Mm. the right objectives, understanding what the business wants to achieve, all the typical communication methodologies. But ultimately, a brand can spend 100 million rand on on a nice logo and a good marketing campaign if ultimately when you as a consumer engage with that brand, you have an experience that is incongruent with that brand promise, then that communication strategy has not worked. Okay, and and, and therefore broadly what we're talking about is the way brands establish communication strategies so that they can bring their brand to life. Yes. So that would be the ultimate goal to say, how do they do so? So we look at examples just now, but but by and large, do, do, do companies, do brands succeed in doing that? I think the, com- the, the communication strategies, insofar as landing the message externally, actually generally get it fairly right. I think the challenge often sits that the role of communication is still largely not regarded 
as a strategic advisor to business in the same way that legal and accounting and IT and other various functions are regarded. So as a result of that, they're not as well integrated into the business. And there are plenty of examples of brands, unfortunately, that are not able to align all the great work being done from an external communication Mm -hmm. strategy perspective to delivering on that experience. And that means that we need to find ways to break down silos internally. How do we work harder to make sure, for example, that um, sales enablement or a customer experience department are able to execute internally to drive the external brand promise? There's a lot of integration Mm. that Mm. needs to play a very important role. But what comes up first? I mean, does, does this product come first? Well, look, market research is going to come first to understand what the market needs. So we start at the very beginning. We understand where where we're positioned, what our brand essence is, what our vision is, what our purpose is, what we're actually here to do. And especially in service-related industries, I think we all understand the concept of service. We all want to deliver on that service. And there are a lot of organizations that I personally engage with as a consumer, and I'll say, why is this queue so long all of a sudden? And they say to me, we really try and tell head office they just don't care. Now, that's a very important Mm -hmm. statement coming from their own employees. So the communication, the advertising, the marketing, the the, the public relations component is getting out there with a key message, an essence of what they stand for. But at the end of the day, if it can't filter through to the operations department that actually maps out um, how you're going to manage the queuing system Mm -hmm. or how you're going to manage the customer service, then the, the scary thing, I think, is that it boils down to a perception in a consumer's mindset. And, and that perception is... Is reality. All important. <laughs> At the end and of the reality. day. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that in a moment. Lots to talk about here. It's, it's a really important issue. A, if you have this big multinational company, I'm just thinking about MTN, by the way, and, and the problems uh, they, they've experienced in South Africa and Africa, Nigeria, and specifically in the last year. Certainly the issues around some of the bad publicity around Vodacom, and I'm looking at both mobile companies, ironically, but there's so many others. Political parties, football teams, uh, business people, and, and, and downturns they experience. So the communication part of it and the perception is critically important. Now, you may wish to add to that and give me examples of that. That's great. 0891 104207. 0891 104207. SMS is 3470127 so it's all about bringing your brand to life and this responsibility using certain communication methods to do just that. So, And that's what we're talking about with our thought leader for the day, which is Daniel Munslow. So, okay, Daniel, you touched on that last part. Perception, perception is everything, isn't it? At the end of the day, it is. Because we talk about the concept of perceptual mapping versus product positioning. So you can position a product any way you want and you can spend millions doing it. But if you spend more on trying to position it than on actually delivering that experience, then you're going to have an incongruence between the, the way in which you position the product and my perceptual mapping of it or a consumer's perceptual mapping of it. So it's very important to make sure that the two align. Now, you spoke earlier just before we went on that short break about the mechanisms that one can use to do it. So obviously we have the era of social media, which also opens up a very interesting dynamic in terms of consumers being able mm-hmm. to tweet live to companies to echo their 
frustrations in certain environments. We talk about internal communication to drive in, uh, employee engagement so employees believe in the brand's essence and purpose and vision and why they're there. We talk about leadership and the role of authenticity and leaders that inspire both you as a consumer to say, I trust that that leader is driving this business in the right direction, but also that the employees want to deliver on that aligned experience. So there, there are a lot of, of mechanisms in place that you can use, but ultimately it boils down to, to that experience. Now, there's, there's a challenge in that. There's an implicit challenge in that because very often, especially in the service industry, when you talk about experience, you talk about a human-to-human interaction. Now, that's something that you can't always control mm. as well as you can control what goes into a press release or control what goes into an editorial or control what goes into a billboard. You're relying ultimately on someone delivering your brand. And I do still think that that concept scares some people because yeah, it's yeah. the element that, you, that you're not to, um, able to control. But let me give you a quick example. I happened to be in Woolworths on Friday, okay. and I was, in, uh, I was in Woolworths Town Square, and there was just such a lovely lady, such a lovely cashier, and she was smiling, and she wished you a good weekend. She was so positive. So as I was stepping out, I actually stepped back into the store because I thought I saw who I thought was the store manager, and I went up to him, and I asked him, are you the store manager? And he said, yes, and I said, I just have to tell you something about your staff, and he kind of took like two steps back Already? for a Oh, second. my goodness. Again, <laughs> and, another one. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, you know what? I have to tell you, your staff here are amazing, yeah. and he, you could just see the smile on his face, and he said to me, who in particular? So I pointed to the lady, and he said to me, thank you so much for taking the time to tell me who gave great service because we need, to, we need to, first of all, keep it up, but secondly, we need to recognize and reward the people for delivering that Woolworths brand. So he buys into the Woolworths brand, but then ultimately it's delivered through 30 people that happen to work in a store, and when they deliver that experience, that's when you know that your communication strategy Okay, so, so, so here's the point, because I mean, you know, it, it's something you, you brought up initially, that you have a brand or a service that, that a company offers. Uh, but in all cases, when we talk communications, we talk internal and external. In Absolutely. all cases, right. And the internal and external must match up. They have to be aligned. Because if you're creating um, a new experience, you mentioned Vodacom and, tel- um, and uh, sorry, yeah, you mentioned Vodacom and MTN, and MTN just now. Yeah. Mm. So let's in fairness also throw Telcom in. Okay. They've spent a huge amount of money rebranding. They've spent a huge amount of money on the new stores. But in my personal experience, when I would need to walk into a telecom store, the queues are just as long, if not longer, than before. And you kind of think, from a customer experience point of view, you've got a great new brand. You've spent a lot of money on that positioning. But your experience, when you walk into the store, and I can only speak for myself, but when you walk in there... I still think I've still got to stand for an hour to wait to talk to one of the two people. And eight out of ten times that I've tried to do something, oh, the system doesn't allow me to do it from here. So it's one thing to create the internal and external communication. But when I said at the beginning we need to break down the silos within business mm-hmm. and we need to, to, to create those experiences, it becomes a case of saying we're telling our customers one thing. We're telling our staff to deliver a good customer experience. But are we investing enough in the processes to enable our, custo- our, um, our staff to deliver what we're promising to the customers? And that adds a third, a third very complex element into the chain. And if you don't invest enough in the processes, you will have breakdowns. So no good publicity in terms of you know, payoff lines and taglines exactly. will make any difference. And it? that's exactly the point. So just, just with that telecom example, because of that frustration in the stores, I can tell you now, you end, I mean, I personally ended up, and I looked at my phone, 
I was on hold for 47 minutes between six different people because every department does something else, and there isn't that consistency that says, thank you for calling us, this isn't my department, I'm going to put you straight through, or whatever the case might be. So you've created a, a beautiful brand on the external front, you've no doubt motivated your employees to want to deliver that concept of service, mm. but then you've got systems that let you down, and there's that lack of so, alignment. So they can't deliver even if they want Exactly. To. I'll give you a quick example of, of, of something that I've seen that, that works quite well. Quite a few years ago, um, like so many companies, NetBank seemed to move on to that IVR system where you go through the motions of having to choose all your options, and eventually, three or four minutes later, you speak to a humanoid. Mm. But what is fascinating that they've done today if you phone the NetBank call center, they will answer within three or four rings. Good day, uh, good day. how can I help you? What, how can I make things happen for you today? Oh, I'm looking for um, credit card foreign division. No problem. Thank you, so I'm putting you straight through. Have a nice day. And that just look at that experience. The brand externally is we're going to make things happen, and I know that they're in the process of evolving that brand even further now. Yeah, yeah. The internal promise is obviously there to, to deliver that principle of ask me once and I will make things happen for you. So therefore, how can you have a system that makes a customer wait three minutes to speak to somebody if I'm promising to make things happen? And that's a really nice example about how a brand has taken its external brand promise, mm. its internal brand promise, and its staff to deliver on it, and has made the investment in the processes to make that happen. No pun intended. But that's the process that you go through. So for me, for me, when we talk about how does a communication strategy bring a brand to life, it can't be limited to we have great advertising externally mm. or we have great marketing or we have a great newsletter or we have a great management huddle. But you've got to say... If we get all of that right, I still need to make sure that I've integrated all my internal processes in order to deliver that, in order to enable the delivery of that experience. So, so what, what about the flip side, which is that um, notwithstanding the need to have this communication and even a marketing strategy, but if you don't get your product and you don't get your processes right, then it's, then it, then it's ineffective, as we, we have to agree. So, so what about the point where, where some may say, well, then, don't bother about the external communications until you get the internal mm. processes right. Is, is that the right approach? Don't bother about marketing if you don't get the internals right. I think on one extreme, there would be a school of thought that would agree on that. And I think it's a very important and very valid point. But I think there's got to be a balance. There's always got to be a balance between the two systems. On the one hand, you, you have to be able to promote your brand through the, the clutter that is in the media space today. I mean, I read something the other day, and I can't remember the source, unfortunately, off the top of my head right now, but there's something like 7,000 cues, audio and visual cues that a person is exposed to every day. So we have to, brands have to find a way to cut through that clutter. So you have to proactively uh, um, go out there and market your brand and ensure that your brand has a, a strong presence on, on social media, traditional media, etc. But... I think you've got brand awareness and you've got pushing a product to go and do something mm -hmm. or setting a brand experience. So I think there's an element of maintaining your brand's awareness and cutting through the clutter. But then if you're actually going to push a product or push a service, you've got to make sure you're in a position to deliver. So I think it's a balance. And it's a very important balance. Let's get some, uh, some SMSs. In fact, Ashraf, I'd like you to comment on the government's communication with the people and its brand value in its actions. For example, the terrible confusion in... Um, obfuscation are uh, in explaining the delay in the compliance with the constitutional court ruling on the payment of grants. Of course, very, very topical. Uh, how is government's brand doing from Ivan? That's a very, very current affairs question, but certainly on communication, what's your perception? How come government has communicated over the last few days 
mm-hmm. around, uh, around the social grounds. I think what's important to remember is when anybody communicates, be it government or otherwise, authenticity in the way in which you communicate, finding a way to connect with people in a real way, those are two elements that become very important. And when there's, an, uh, when there's a disconnect between people's personal experiences in the way, and obviously as, as, the, as the listener has just pointed out, something very topical that's happening, but when the response to it is unemotional, distant, or it comes across as, um, as being disconnected from people's reality, then you're not able to build the credibility and the reputation that you want to build. So I think what, goes, what, what, what it boils down to at its heart is the authenticity of the communication coming out from the various stakeholders that are responding. And it, there's a way in which they're just missing that connection with the people that are actually on the other end or, or consuming the media. Okay, the, so, so here's the, the, the age-old theory. <laughs> there's no such thing as bad publicity. How do you explain that with regard to brand communications 28, 2017? <laughs> I do think there is, there is bad publicity. Um, you know, they talk about fame and infamy. I think you, you can put yourself out at risk. And that risk comes to, um, overlaps with what we spoke about earlier with the incongruence. If you put yourself in a situation where you create a, almost a schizophrenic brand, mm. a brand that says one thing but acts like another, in a consumer's mind, if it looks like a duck, it's a duck. If it looks like a Rolls-Royce, it's a Rolls-Royce. It actually is as simple as that. And I think if you pushing publicity that is vehemently going in one direction and a consumer or the public's experience is the complete opposite, that creates a brand disconnect. And then, yes, I do think you can have bad publicity. You might be top of mind, but you want to be top of mind for the right reasons not for the wrong reason. And, and the other, of course, is, is the brand publicity around, the bad publicity around, around uh, you know, a brand failure with, you know, we spoke about four a month back, right? Yes. Um, so, I mean, again, there, without going down that route in detail, no. but you can say what you want. When you have an issue like that where, where cars go on fire, how, how do they respond? I mean, because that is bad publicity, right? It, it, it absolutely so, is. So, I mean, that, that, in effect, damages all the processes you speak about and can damage that in a matter of a day, no matter what the investment in terms of marketing and communications has been in uh, into that brand in the last year or so. Absolutely. I mean, look, let's all be honest with ourselves. We all know the, the adage of it takes 30 years to build a brand, but it can take three minutes to destroy a brand. We all know that. But it's how you handle a situation that determines whether you come out of it unscathed or not. And, I mean, look at the, the, the news. I think uh, it was yesterday when Mitsubishi Motors said yes. that they were recalling. Yeah. That is a really good example of a brand that is taking ownership of its core values. They talk about safety of their customers. They talk about the brand that they're leading. They say, we've identified a problem we're recalling proactively. It hasn't taken a year of media coverage and the, 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 the consumer commission and everybody to get involved. It's a case of we're aware there's a situation. We're dealing with it. And you'll see the coverage, I, I suspect the coverage in the coming weeks and months that's going to be on social media and on, on traditional media Yes, there will be people that echo frustrations, but if Mitsubishi has learned from, uh, well, effectively Ford's mistakes. Well, they would have. They, they would have. Yeah. Gonna, you're not going to get those generic copy-paste responses on social media that uh, we were so familiar with, with that, if, that Ford has been doing in the past couple of months. Thanks for getting hold of us. Please inbox us. They're going to be a lot more proactive in managing their reputation in the public. They're going to probably put their leaders out to reaffirm their values of safety, the speed at which they're going to operate on the recall, etc. So they're gonna, they are going to appeal to what, what 
what, what hurts you emotionally as a consumer. I've got a vehicle. My family sits in this vehicle. I want it to be safe, and I want the value of my car to remain strong so that when I sell it, I don't lose. And, and I think they're going to manage And by it. them being proactive about it, it's like, as you said, it's all fine. Let, let's, get, let's get some calls. Um, Ali Mucho on the line from, uh, from Trangard. Hi. Hi. Uh, good morning. Good morning to good the uh, panel also. Thank you. Uh, well, what I'd like to say, there's, there's two things that's coming up. One is that brands uh, are saying, well, one thing is that you need to go online and do a booking. Let's say, for example, an air ticket. But when we go to the website, we find that uh, the, 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 uh, the, the prices are way out. But when, you, when we walk into, the, uh, into their outlets and we sit and talk uh, to, a, uh, to an agent, we, we, uh, one gets a better price. Then uh, the, the second thing is that uh, banks are also uh, guilty of something is that uh, they tell us uh, in contact, etc., but they don't put public safety into account. Is that uh, uh, they are actually showing the, the, the bank balances of the clients on their SMSs, and which is highly dangerous, and that's one of the reasons why. Uh, your cell phones, etc., are getting stolen, and you find that when they get stolen, and these guys are looking at these messages, and they come back and they, t- and they pick you up and they're like, right, okay, let's go and uh, take your card out and uh, accept the money because they know exactly how much you got. So the, the safety mechanism is not there for the clients. Yeah. And banks don't want to listen to clients who are telling them, who are telling them that. Uh, okay, but I, I, I get that. I, I get our, that. I mean, on your that, that's precisely. Uh, I, uh, to okay, I get that. Thanks for that call. That's precisely the point. Where we're not going to go down the operational aspect of, of a brand, but, but the impact it certainly has, right? Yeah, and that's actually a very good point that the listener just raised because it's actually known today as the crisis of listening. And just what he said right at the end saying, when I phone, they don't listen. What you want is a situation where when you tweet a brand, when you call the brand, etc., yeah. there are mechanisms in place that enable that brand to listen, take cognizance of what the person is saying, and make sure that it's escalated through the right procedures, through the right processes, in order to achieve that mitigation. So if we use just an example in principle, if you walk into, and let's use banks as an example because the listener used that as an example. Mm. If you walk into a branch today and it takes you 45 minutes to collect a credit card and you tweet and you say, this is my frustration, yeah. you get a tweet back very quickly. They're very good at responding, saying, oh, what branch are you at so we can address it? But a year later when you go in and it still takes you 45 minutes to collect <laughs> a credit card, that starts breaking down the trust in the brand because you're saying you're promising me this amazing service you even promised that you would look into it it's been a year and i've still got the same experience and that's the crisis of listening if you don't listen to the brand if you don't if a brand doesn't listen to its consumers you're going to end up with a brand that doesn't resonate with people okay we've got two minutes who's doing it right in terms of bringing the brand to life yeah well, fortunately, you know, in the, la- in the last half an hour, we've been able to look at some good examples yeah. um, of, of people that are getting it right. And, I mean, we mentioned Woolworths for one, just in that very pragmatic case study. So it's nice to see um, that they're able to bring that to life. Um, you mentioned something about MTN and the crisis they've had. But it's also very interesting to see how they've really come a long way in your customer engagement, your touch point with the service agents that they've got in their stores. And I think that's a really commendable thing. And it's probably something that if we talk about that crisis of listening, they listen to all the frustrations and complaints that we've all read about, but they've done something about it. And that carries a lot more weight than anything else because they've put their money where their mouth is. And, and as we wrap up, is, is there something the broader industry around communications in that space yourself? Is there something we, with the industry is not doing at all that, that you'd wish that they do? 
I think let's go back to what we said 30 minutes ago. And I always advise my clients, let's make sure that we've got our internal processes aligned as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Communication is not an island. Social media is not an island. Marketing is not an island. We need much better internal integration with operational processes, with the operational departments, in order to make sure that whatever we're promising externally, internally, we have the structures to deliver. That is key. Last thing to tell us. In terms of where the trend is, is the trend towards greater investment in communications or towards lesser investment in, in, in communications? In the era that we're in, we need more investment in communication as a strategic function. And we need to make sure that the people that are involved in the processes understand those overlaps. And we do need a, a lot more investment on the internal communication front. We need a lot more investment in coaching our external spokespeople to be authentic brand ambassadors that people are looking for. So there's a lot of areas that need a lot more investment. When times are tough, the last place you cut is the area that you need to invest in, which is communication, in order to deliver the experience that's actually going to keep your customers with you. The last thing you want to do is lose customers. And if customers are lost because of experience, as happens a lot of the time, it actually comes from that space. Okay, lots to think about. I'm going to leave it to you, uh, Daniel, to tweet and further amplify what we've just spoken about. With pleasure. Okay, very important issues around brand communication strategies uh, and looking to achieve that communication excellence. Very, very important. Daniel Munslow, thanks for your time as always. Check him out on Twitter, Munslow, Munslow D. Munslow D. Yeah, there we are. Check it out. But also on Facebook. But he's going to tweet, okay, so you can pick out some of the thoughts he has. Right, there's some interesting developments with regard to transparency and, uh, and red cards with regard to the SABC. We'll talk about that in a moment.